You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Levin. I'm joined, as always, by the two greatest people I've ever known, Emily Cannell and Dan Volpone. I have one question for the both of them as we get started on this lovely Sunday evening. Um, Emily, you first. Dan, you can start thinking about it over there. Emily, Mm -hmm. what, if any, musical instrument did you play growing up? Oh, this is fun. So... I played the violin from fourth to eighth grade. Um, I was in the county orchestra, not to brag, but you know, mm-hmm. um, I was the very last chair in the county orchestra. So I was like Tough. the worst, sure. but, but in there I had to like try out. Um, and then in fifth grade, my elementary school got a brand new French horn and I was like, well, I need to have the new thing. So then I also played the French horn for two years. Me and my best friend both played it. And there was like a fight of who could sign up first. And I got the nice brand new one. And she got this like shitty old French horn. Um, but we played, we both played the French horn for two years. But I was more of a violin person. Because like there's a lot of spit involved with brass instruments. And that's disgusting. Gross, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I can still like read music and stuff, which is kind of cool. But I could never, like I wasn't not very, I haven't played since eighth grade. To this day, you think you could? Yeah, it's like F-A-C-E and every good boy deserves fudge. It's like how you do the lines. That's reading music? Yeah. Like the notes. Okay. I thought I thought that was a I thought you changed subjects. Dan. Um, (laughs) Dan, Dan, what about you? Did you ever play a musical instrument? Oh, of course I have. So uh, you know, I played recorder as everyone was forced to do in third grade. And then From third to seventh grade, I played the viola. Mm. And from fourth to eighth grade, I played the trumpet. You played the what? The trumpet. Oh, I used to play the trumpet. Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, A lot of spit in the trumpet. I don't remember how to read music, though, at all. You know, when I was in preschool, nobody asked, um, I was assigned to the xylophone and there was in something preschool about, yeah something you like assigned that. an instrument in, what kind of preschool did you go advanced preschool i don't know they were just, they gave everybody an instrument and there was something about the xylophone that petrified me i did not want to do it and i had nightmares about the xylophone i think it probably had something to do with the repressed memory that i still don't know about that has something to do with my parents, probably. I don't want to talk about it, but it's it's not good. But, but there's something about the xylophone that I couldn't do. Anyway, in high school, I was I, I did the band and I played the tuba, but I I, I just, I wouldn't actually play it. I, I made it my goal to never play a note. So I would have the big instrument and there were like four of us in the tuba yeah. section. And I, and I would hold it up in front of me and have my phone in my lap. And I would have the guy next to me play a note and I would just put it in front of my face and I would fuck around on my phone the whole day. So Were you that, in a marching band or just no. like the regular band? It was like band or chorus or orchestra. And I was in the band. <laughs> right. I have a question. Yeah. What year was this? This was um, uh, 2010, I guess, 2011. 2010. High school. But the, wait, 
What kind of phone do you have in 2010? Cellular. Yeah, but um, I feel like there wasn't as much to do on your phone back then. You know, text. Yeah. Text the fairer sex. You weren't playing games? You weren't on Game Pigeon? I might have been playing on Snake. Block, you know, the Block Breaker. One of those. Oh, did you have, yeah. Did you have a Blackberry? A... Oh, I did have a Blackberry at one point. BBM. Yeah, I used to play that shit all the time. That, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Block game. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. BBM was the shit in college. It was like a thing. It was like, give me your pin. Yes. Thing. Your pin. Um, so the podcast last week, I put the title of the podcast, The Sixers Cannot Be Stopped. And I have news for it. The Sixers can be stopped. <laughs> they've been stopped. <laughs> they've been stopped. Uh, Joel went and got COVID. Um, he has a breakthrough case. Um, the update that we got on that uh, Monday of last week is that he was not doing well. Uh, like like Tobias, he was symptomatic. We hope that he's feeling better now. I, I trust that he is. I hope that he is. Um, the team without him went ahead and lost to the Knicks, the Bucks in a back-to-back. And then Toronto, who is just, will forever be a pain in the ass. Forever. Um, and then Indiana. I don't really think it's super important that we talk about any of these games in great detail um other than just sort of the broad strokes they really can't win without joel obviously ben simmons isn't playing with the team uh tobias came back uh in the middle of this week from COVID, and he looks like himself which is nice um he looks he looks healthy um and maxi looks like a fucking all-star he looks great um so they can't but they can't seem to win a game here without joel um I'm not really, you know, we felt excellent at this point last week. Um, and they were first in the East. They still have the first rank offense as, as we stand now. Um, but they have a really, really hard part of their schedule right now where they have like, I think 10 of 12 on the road on the West Coast. Um, right now they, they have a six game road trip. Um, but, but yeah, it's 10 of 12 on the road. And it's, it's just like really... The, uh... Is this the Disney on Ice road trip, or is that coming? That's later, right? They must have that's another later. big road trip coming up. I think so. Yeah, that's usually. I think that's closer to Christmas time, right? Than like yeah. New Year's. Um, but yeah, they play the Jazz. Um, oh yeah, we have to do predictions later. Um, but they play the Jazz um, coming up on Tuesday. Um, but it's really Love bad a good time. Ten o'clock game. Oh. Right. It's a bad time for Joel to be out. And the earliest, I believe that he would be back, you know, because he's going to be out for 10 days from the 8th, from the 8th. The earliest he would be back is the 18th. Um, and when basically when this will be out is the 15th, Monday, the 15th. So, um, you know, and then who knows if he'll be ready to play, you know, it, it's it's COVID and it can have sort of long range symptoms we hope that as a you know this was a breakthrough case so you know he's vaccinated and hopefully that'll help him get through it how do you guys feel um has this affected anything in how you feel about the team like I, personally i still feel good about the team it's obviously a bummer that they are have lost four in a row like i just want joel to get right and get back on the court because when he is i'll feel great but you know it's, it's a shame that they can't stack wins right now. And it's going to be really hard for them to go ahead and win games. Um, uh, Dan, what do you think uh, about Joel and, uh, and about the way that, you know, like the road ahead here until he gets back? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's not worth judging the team for anything they do without Joel playing. We know very well that they're not going to be any good when Joel isn't playing. Um, they basically... They played hard this week. They played the same game four times, and uh, they were all like, you know, the first game, it was like, oh, you know, this is a moral victory. And the second one was like, well, this is kind of a moral victory. And then <laughs> once you get to the third and fourth one, it's like, all right, well, this just kind of sucks. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't think it's a reason to be down on the team, though. I, the only, my, really, my only worry about this week is that Joel has COVID, and like you said, you know, some guys are going to take a while to come back from COVID. I think that uh, Jason Tatum was a notable case of a guy who had COVID and eventually played very well, but kind of struggled throughout the year and, and was dealing with some lasting effects for a couple of months. And Pre-vaccine, though. 
pre right and so if, of course it's a bit different now um and hopefully that makes a difference and hopefully Joel comes back and and looks great and you know hopefully even better maybe you know he was not that COVID would make him better but you know he was struggling a bit shooting the ball uh for most of the start of the season and maybe like a, a you know a couple of weeks away might come back and uh just kind of jump into things I hope so um so yeah, we'll see. But um, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make this week bigger than it is. I mean, it was a week where they played some competitive games without Embiid, and I think that you know, to to worry about the fact that they weren't wins is is really not not worth going down that road. Emily, reflecting on sort of four losses, and you know they kept the games competitive, but you know, Joel out with COVID right now and, and just sort of looking ahead against a tough stretch. Where are you at right now with the team? I'm still pretty positive on the team. You know, I think all of these games are pretty close. Um, and so you add one Joel Embiid into the mix. And I think that realistically, these past four games are wins with Joel in the court. Um, that these guys and not even, I mean, the last, what, two games, Tobias has been there, but I'm not. Did Tobias play against Milwaukee? No. Yeah. So, okay. So, Toronto and Indiana, he was back. So, those first two games, they were like severely underhanded. They had like two starters playing and they kept these and against like the defending NBA champions and they kept this game close and competitive. And I think, you know, you can call it a moral victory. I don't, whatever, but I think that it shows that the, the role players and bench players and all of these other guys that they've built this team around Joel, all these people they've built around him with are good players and can hold their own. And I think that once he's back and everything's clicking, I still have high hopes for this team. They're still, those guys are all really fun to watch. We know Joel is fun to watch. Um, I'll take a fun to watch team over a, slog of a shit team any day even with some losses so I am still optimistic about them I was at the Toronto game um it was really fun the crowd was still really into it um and it and any second except it was like the last like two minutes where the game really got away from them so they kept the crowd engaged the whole time um the crowd was actually kind of annoying at that game but that's another topic um they just like were very the Sixers kept going on runs. So they would like go down 15 and everyone would boo them and then they would go on a run and everyone's cheering. And it's like you can't be that person that was booing 10 minutes ago when freaking like Tyrese Maxi misses a three. Like these are not like the guys. Like, so don't boo them when they're obviously they're gonna struggle. It's you're it's an all bench lineup. What do you want from them? But then when they're back in but then you're back within three and they're your best friends again. Like it was very, like, it was very triggering for me. I was very annoyed. Um, like I'm fine, like booing the starters or like booing these people who make $20 million a year and can't hit the broadside of a barn, but like don't boo Tyrese Maxey for missing a three, like shut, shut up. You're annoying. Also, like, I think that, you know, it was always going to be tough to win any of these games without Joel. And there was a lot of effort to keep them close and, a lot of not quitting from the team. I don't think I'm perfect. I just don't think there's really anything boo worthy. Yeah. So then um, I was annoyed. Um, but yeah, that's my conclusion. There's also some FN Simmons chance was which I'm over. Um, I'm not into those. So that was annoying too. And I was like, these guys suck that it, it was the same people. And so I was like, I'm not about those people. So let's hear, um, let's hear them out. Let's hear them out. <laughs> um it seemed like cool guys um uh you mentioned Tyrese Maxey he just he's sort of having a coming coming out party here he had uh 31 against uh what was it I believe it was 31 Milwaukee. against Milwaukee then 33 against Toronto and then 24 against Indiana so he's just scoring the ball really really well he's getting to his spots he's taking and making threes um he still refuses to turn the ball over he's just playing incredibly well um he's not going to play this well all year but the growth you don't know that that. that's true um the growth that he's showing is just incredibly 
exciting for me. Like I was really high on him coming into the year. He did not have a an excellent start to the season. Like there was that Knicks game, that loss that they had that they really looked bad at in in MSG that um, that he had a bad game and got his ankles crossed. Um, um, but then since that game, he he's just looked really well and really really good and really under control. His um, I was reading a Michael Connor piece where he, his drives um his both in efficiency and in volume are excellent going to the rim he does a really great job at at finishing and he's his floater is obviously great i love what i'm seeing from him and i'm incredibly excited about him um and he seems like a building block like uh the way that he works you know everybody talks about what a sort of dedicated like hard-nosed worker he is like obviously there's some of that when, when guys talk about um, off-season work that we roll our eyes at, but then some of it I think is probably legit. And um, he's somebody that I think that we can really get excited about. And everybody seems to adore him and, and he's somebody I'm super excited about. And I can't wait for Joel to be back so that these games can be wins. And that um, I, I'm very excited that we got him and I, and I can't believe we got him at whatever, 21. Um, so yeah, Emily, what do you, what do you think about Tyrese in this stretch and, and how sustainable, you know, obviously maybe not 33 points a night, but what do you think about, you know, what you've seen from him? Um, I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> I've made the executive decision that my, uh, spectrum Jersey will be a Tyrese Maxi Jersey. So I, I made that official call earlier today, actually. Um, and I've, as Daryl Morey is obviously a listener of this podcast, I just want to reiterate that at Tyrese Maxey is off the trade block. I He is not allowed to be included in any trades. Um, I don't think that there's a trade that would include him that I would be okay with. So, no, he must be on the team. Sorry, those are the rules. I just make them and follow them. Um, but, yeah, he's been so fun. I don't – I mean, obviously 30 points a game is not sustainable, but I think that having – at this point in the season, I think having this run with the team and running with the first team and all that, I think he's kind of hit his like confidence stride. Like I think at first we talked about, he looked just so much more comfortable with the second team when he was playing with them, but now he's starting to look comfortable with the starters. Um, And just any confidence that he can get from this, this run is beneficial. He just yeah doesn't turn the ball over I don't know if that means that he's playing a little cautiously like being in his second year or if he's taking good care of the ball but it's it's a positive I'm not gonna like shit on him for not turning the ball over more um and he just he just seems unafraid when he's playing he's consistent he's always hustling and compared to other people having a player that's unafraid when they're playing just seems like a huge bonus right now, especially at the point guard position. Um, it's not something the Sixers have really had in the past couple of years. And I just, I just love him. He just seems like he has is also having so much fun when he plays. Like that's another thing. Like he seems to be enjoying himself when he plays and that's, it's great to watch. I just love him. And his defense, which uh, we've talked about recently, but has just gotten so much better. And Doc mm. has not been shy putting him on star players. And he's like up for the challenge. It's great. Dan, um, I feel like you are probably a little bit more cautious than the consensus coming in on Maxi. What have you thought about sort of his week here and as it projects forward? Yeah, I mean, I like Maxi a lot. I think Maxi was awesome this week. Uh, I don't say anything with the purpose of taking anything away from Tyrese Maxey. I just would trade him. Like, I'm not looking to trade him. I would love to keep him. I'm just not, uh, I'm not, not going to acquire a star. He's not going to be the reason I don't acquire a star. Like if he's the piece that gets me like a, a real, a real star on this team, which like, you know, I'm all down to make the, you know, make jokes and, you know, oh, Max is the second star. And like, he's been great. He was a star this week. Um, but to get someone who is a, a real star and has been a star and is consistently a star. Um, as much as I love Maxi, um, just in all seriousness, like he's not off the table in trades for me. And I, I doubt he is for Daryl. But I, I mean, he was had a great week and um, he's fun to watch. Like he, 
he always looks like he's having fun when he plays, which like makes when he succeeds even more fun as a fan, as a fan of his, and he's smiling all the time, which makes him very easy to root for. Um, not that there's a lot of hard Sixers to root for, but I think he's like particularly easy to root for. Um, and yeah, he had a he had a great week. There's nothing I could, there's nothing I can say bad about the week he had. I thought he was awesome. He's great. Uh, I'm so happy he's here. Um, so on to the Ben Simmons stuff. Now we didn't talk about this off mic, but the we basically have to go into this stuff this week, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing this week, which we can basically breeze past, is that Shams had that Ben Simmons provided the Sixers with the names of each of his mental health professionals. The franchise sought further detail from, but Simmons must consent due to patient confidentiality. Um, This, I believe, was the way for Simmons camp to avoid the fines that the Sixers had imposed that like the, this permission would stop the fines um, from the Sixers. Then the well, next I'm thing, not sure it has. Well, I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. cause there had been more games and he had not been fined for, for, okay. So then Woj had after initial reluctance, Sixers All-Star Ben Simmons has met with a team-recommended specialist to discuss mental health concerns. Among other issues, the organization had recently reinstituted fines for Simmons' failure to agree to those meetings. I don't love, like, that seems shitty to me that they're strong-arming him into meeting with their specific people. Like, it seems within his rights to meet with the MBPA people. It seems that, but sorry. Like, it does seem shitty, but, like, also the, I think part of it is you have to, like, keep in mind, like, who is giving Woj this information and how are they framing it? Like, is that actually why they're still finding him or is there other things? Like, what is, like, there's just so many gray areas and with the way that agents are, like, leaking information, at least in this case, like, it's, everything is, like, framed in a particular way from the the angle that they want it to be framed from and it makes it difficult to know what's the truth so Woj continued he said Simmons is planning to continue meeting with his MBPA provided mental health specialist and working out regularly at the team practice facility Simmons has yet to play for the Sixers this season and there remains no timetable then Sixers were in the middle of a game against the Raptors I believe and mm-hmm. Shams t- tweeted an uh, article uh, saying that Ben Simmons believes the 76ers tactics are worsening his mental health inside instead of supporting him and wants to deem him mentally fit in order to force him to play. Quotes from his agent, Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul, of course, Adele's boyfriend. Uh, I'm just going to read some quotes from. Rich Paul, I truly believe the fines, the targeting, the negative publicity shined on this issue that's very unnecessary and has furthered the mental health issues for Ben. Either you help Ben or come out and say he's lying. Which one is it? A team official told The Athletic on Thursday, it is absolutely not the case that they are forcing his return or accusing him of lying. The team's position is that he should participate partake in all team activities until there is information from its mental health professionals or Simmons would or Simmons that would preclude him from playing. Sixers say that they've been fully supportive of Simmons process. Paul said in this case, we have to get Ben help and not put finances above mental health. Now. Okay. We'll talk about this at the end. As an agent, I understand contractual obligations and I hold myself accountable in this business. But if someone is telling you something, we can no longer turn a blind eye in today's world. This is no longer about a trade. This is about finding a place where we can help Ben get back to his mental strength and get back on the floor. I want him on the floor playing the game he loves. I want Ben on the floor, whether that's in a 76ers uniform or any other uniform, that's not up to me, but I want him in a state where he can resume play. We want to cooperate and we want to work him back on the floor. 
76 would say they were pleased to hear uh, Paul state he is open to Simmons staying in Philadelphia. Okay. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> President, but basketball operations, Daryl Morey and other team officials say that uh, they believe Simmons is a piece for their championship. Okay. Um, Paul, however, said that Simmons is not yet prepared, pre prepared to play. He's not there yet. How can a doctor who has only met with Ben once say Ben is mentally ready to play? So do we keep digging on him or help him? Now that we understand that reluctance from Ben, it, is, it all makes sense. There was a shying away from it. If Ben has repeatedly shown behavior that entails he isn't mentally ready to play, embrace him, support him. We have to remove our ego from it. We all have to take responsibility. I don't think the 76ers are a bad organization. Josh Harris and David Blitzer are great governors. They've done a great job with the organization. I have respect for Darren Mori. Ben has a mental issue. Let's support him. I'm happy he got to a place where he realized and accepted help. I understand it's a business, but even in business, you need humanity. I have a great level of respect and love for the city of Philadelphia as someone who loves the game, but this isn't about that. This is about Ben getting back to a place mentally where he can be back on the floor. Um... And then here, uh, finally, Paul drew a contrast between the situation in Simmons and that of Houston Rockets guard John Wall, another of his clients who is being paid by Houston while sitting out the season, even though he's healthy enough to play. John is able to play, but Houston is okay uh, using the CBA to pay him not to play. So which way is it? John is perfectly healthy and ready to play, and it's okay in the CBA. We are being professional and in both instances, how can it go both ways? John and the Rockets have been professional about their situation. And so we are expecting the same with the 76ers. Okay. Folks. I like how Dan gets so like frustrated. Like this is the first time he's heard these things. He's like, oh my God. Like, like he hasn't like, read them I haven't yet. read them in a week. And they're just like <laughs> so self-contradictory and like every turn it was Oh, for, oh, awful, awful. Man, Not, man, I'll, I'll wait my so turn, much. which is awful. It's so much. Um, it's so much. Why don't Why don't you go ahead? Because um, I've, I've, I've sort of wrote about this and I'll talk about that, but you, you go ahead and tell me your, your reaction to this and um, what do you think? I mean, I, I have, like, so many thoughts. Like, no one looks good from this. Like, the Sixers yes. look bad. Yes. Like, the, yes. like, I'll start with the Sixers. I'll start with the Sixers. Um, like, the whole, like, like, Sham says all this, like, like, stuff. Like, some of it is, like, and I'll get to later. Some of it's honestly just, like, seems like garbage to me. And some of it might be very genuine. And I don't really have a way to know. But for the Sixers' answer to be, like pick out the very minor tidbit in there. There's like, none of it is about how Ben wants to play for the Sixers or how Ben's over. There's like the most minor thing thrown in. <laughs> then it's, it basically seems like it's like straight rich Paul, like just kind of speaking, like saying whatever. And the Sixers are like, Oh, so you're admitting Ben might want to play like, great. We love to hear that after like all of this other, like more serious, like for awful. The, the idea that like, it's and again this is not coming from the Sixers but like you know the news from Ben's camp from Rich Paul that they're you know like forcing him to meet with certain people to talk about his mental health not a good look for the Sixers um let's get to Shams next awful look for him all of this I mean just like access journalism nothing vetted besides like literally just straight Rich Paul's words um and no pushback on any of his contradictions which there were a lot of um my favorite one of those of uh, Rich Paul's contradictions was the idea that the Sixers are making things worse by making the situation public with Ben's mental health. And then he goes and writes this expose and has Shams tweeted out and write in a piece for the athletic as if that's not making it more public. And like, he's been making everything public along the entire way. Right. So the leaks have, have, have been coming through Sean, Shams, you know, in large part, the whole way, you know, he's been a, yeah. a major player in this. There's been, you know? there's been more coming from their camp than from the team. 
mm-hmm. like much more. And then the, the the comparison to John Wall is like I don't think I even need to talk about why that's ridiculous. That's like obviously ridiculous. Um, also, the I I always kind of saw this coming, right? Like the idea that the Sixers are going to say, like basically, you're not going to unless it was like. And I don't know what's going on, but in all likelihood, Ben was not going to be, you know, quickly diagnosed with something that the Sixers would find acceptable as a quote unquote mental disability. And the reason I use the term mental disability is because that is the term that is in the CBA. And if you're like, well, what constitutes a mental disability? That seems subjective. Well, you would be right because there's no like law to say what is a mental disability. There's no there's nothing to say what is a mental disability. To my knowledge, it's not clarified in the CBA. Um, lots of things could be disabilities, right? Like um, like things that we consider more minor that are very common, depression, ADHD. I'm not saying Ben has anything. I'm just saying that you could argue these things are disabilities. Um, and the six are going to argue that something like that is common and that other players have it and that that wouldn't stop Ben from playing. Um, and, you know, I don't know what Ben's situation is. I don't... You know, we have no way of knowing and we'll never know. And I don't really care to know. It's not my business if he's been diagnosed with anything. Um, it doesn't honestly, it doesn't really like matter to me. It's not my business, but it's just was always we were always going to go down this road where, you know, that CBA phrasing that Ben's camp was using to say they should be paid is extremely ambiguous. And we haven't really seen anything like this happen before in the league. And it now we're at this situation where it's like, you know, they say, you know, oh, the Sixers don't believe Ben. And the Sixers say, we do believe Ben. We're just waiting to hear more about this and that. And the obviousness to all of it is, um, and I don't want to say that this is what it is about to Ben because I don't know what's going on with Ben. And this, you know, Ben could be going through something and I, I will never know. But to Daryl Morey and to Rich Paul, so Rich Paul, you know, I think his clear interests are, you know, he gets paid when Ben gets paid and he wants Ben to get paid. And for Daryl Morey, he wants Ben to play and he doesn't want to pay Ben if he's not going to play. And that's the clear interest between all the parties that the leaks are coming from. And I'm not including Ben in these parties, but like this constant back and forth between Daryl Morey and Rich Paul is clearly about like money and, and business for each of them. And from both sides pretending it's not for like for the Sixers and for 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 clutch, it just so clearly is. And it's like insulting to say it's not. It's just gotten so ridiculous at this point. And it's like insulting to people who are going through mental health stuff and like whatever Ben is going through, you know, maybe he wants Rich Paul to do this. I don't know. Uh, but it's like the the focus is so clearly on the money from from I'm not including Ben in this, from but from all the other parties involved, from everyone we hear from, and it's the reason you hear like when Rose, when you know Ben first talked about his mental health being a thing, and that first came out, you know the Woj story is immediately about you know well what is the implication on this for for you know Ben getting paid because everyone he's getting leaks from whether it's Clutch whether it's the Sixers that's the only thing they're thinking about here. So there was also, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was from this, but there was the thing about how it wasn't just a couple of weeks ago that Ben and Clutch brought up the mental aspect of this. That oh my god, yeah, right. So so yeah, so that was in the in the Shams piece. So basically, um, Rich Paul was saying, you know the the you know the Sixers said, well, you know we're doing the best we can. We just found out from Ben that he's having you know, he's struggling with his mental health. And I honestly took a lot of issue with this. And and Rich Paul says, well, that's not true because Ben said that, you know, he wasn't happy and didn't want to be here back in the summer. And the like purposeful blurring of the lines by clutch between the blurring of the lines of like, just not being happy to be doing something and not wanting to do something versus actual like, mental health and i'm sure that like there's an effect on your mental health from certain things but when anyone asks for a trade they're probably they would be happier somewhere else right and like 
you could, you know, emotions, you know, being happy is important for your mental health. Like you can, but to, to blur the lines between like having like a, like a, a, a mental health problem that requires you to like be away from the game of basketball with, um, with like just not being happy for a certain situation. And again, I'm not trying to speculate on what's going on with Ben, but when Rich Paul said, this is just straight up what Rich Paul did. Like he's blurring these lines between like, when when the when Ben says to the team, I'm having a mental health issue, I need time away. And Rich Paul saying, well, yeah, well that was the same as what you heard when Ben asked for a trade because he wasn't happy here. And like to 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 blur these lines and say these are the same things is so ridiculous, and it's just frustrating because yeah, having like a, a mental problem that, that would cause you to be away from the game. And again, like I don't know what Ben's going through, but this is why people are skeptical because Clutch itself is blurring these lines and saying like yeah, Ben's not happy here and he's having like mental health problems, and it's like. I'm sure that it's not helping that he's like stuck this this place he doesn't want to be. And I agree with you. They should just send him home and pay him and be done with it and trade him when they feel comfortable. But like to like they're very clearly purposely blurring these lines to try to benefit like for Clutch to try to benefit, you know, Clutch and their client and basically the financial interests of Clutch. And I don't think anyone even fell for it. Like you, you didn't hear anyone like if you would just take everything Rich Paul said at face value and not think about why he's saying it. I think everyone would have come away saying like the Sixers look awful here. Like, and they don't look good here. There's certain things that I think like the Sixers are probably doing that are awful. I agree. But, but I, like, I don't, sorry, Dan, go ahead. No, no I was just going to say like, I don't think anyone is, is, is taking this as like, is just taking this at value. I think there's clear, like games being played from all sides. And it's like, I think everybody looks terrible. Yeah. It, everyone looks awful here. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I was going to say, like, I don't even know if what Rich Paul's doing is helping his case because then you're when you like and I agree with you, like saying like Rich Paul is trying to say, like Ben told you he was having issues with his mental health when he said he wasn't happy. And if he's saying those are his issues now, well, if I'm the Sixers, I'm going to say that's not a mental health disability. Like plenty of people are not happy 24 seven. That doesn't preclude them from going to work. So he what I mean, he's saying not helpful. Like that doesn't is not even helping his own case. I mean, maybe like in legality terms to say like this is what he said and it is, but like from even the Sixers point and maybe I mean the public interest point, because I bet you there's a lot of people in the world that are not happy at their jobs and they still go to them and they don't get to not go to work and not and get paid because they're not happy where they are. So like that's not. I'm not saying like chronic unhappiness is it, but if you're saying work makes me unhappy, that's not the same as having a serious mental health issue. That's just being unhappy at work. And that happens to a lot of people. And Ben Simmons is not that special that that if that, if that's the issue, I'm not saying that's the issue. I'm not saying that there's not other things going on, but if that's the only issue, he's not that special that that gets him to get to sit at home and get paid millions of dollars. Well, and they are like they're blurring those lines, right? Exactly. Which is why there's which is why there's the speculation that like, oh, that's all it is. And like we'll never know. Like we'll never know what's and 
like I said, I don't really care to know. It's not yeah. my business. I hope Ben is fine. I hope Ben is doing okay. I hope Ben, if he's not doing okay, is doing okay eventually, soon enough. Um, we'll never know. But the like, like you said, is it helpful? No, because blurring those lines basically implies from clutch, and it very well may not be the case. But off any, I think any any skeptical reading of what Rich Paul said is basically implying that those two things are the same. And in this situation, these things are synonymous. And yeah, that sucks. So the context is hard to ignore. The context that was created for four months by Clutch and Simmons Camp to get him out of Philadelphia is hard to ignore and was hard to ignore by everyone looking at the situation. It was very hard to ignore, you know, that he was willing to do anything to get out of Philadelphia and not play for Philadelphia. Um, and these are not these are not your words. No. <laughs> um, you know, and in terms of him, you know, uh, them when they resumed um, finding him. Uh, whatever it was last week, two weeks ago, that was the Sixers admitting that they think they're operating in, in bad faith. You know, like they didn't say it out loud, but that was the Sixers saying, this is, they don't believe them. You know what I mean? And, and that, you know, is a bold and ugly admission to this player they call the, a centerpiece on their team who they're trying to get to go and play fucking basketball in the city, you know what I mean? It's like, it's so ugly. It's so unbelievably ugly. You know what I mean? So they cannot prove that. They cannot, they simply cannot prove that Ben is lying about this, you know? Now he's not, he's not um, uh, uh, coordinating with them. He's not participating with them. He's not um, being, um, helpful with them or um, cooperating with them in the way that they would like. And I, and I imagine that he is going to go along and get along in the ways that he needs to right now. Um, but like this sort of article where the most powerful agent in the NBA goes on the record, just talking about a team, calling his star player a liar, about his mental health and deteriorating his mental health. Like, it's fucking ugly, you know? And like, trying the to The other thing who- that, sorry, the other thing that really annoyed me about it was when you said like saying that they're deteriorating his mental health. I don't know when in any of this, the Sixers have said anything negative about Ben Simmons publicly. He was like all the negative publicity, like, this is not, none of it comes from the Sixers. Both sides do leak stuff, you know, like, I, you know, they both are playing the game, you know, I get that. Um, but like publicly, publicly, like forward facing, like everything from the Sixers has very much been like, we support Ben Simmons, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I know that that they leak, leak stuff, but it's just like, I get the fining, but like also to say that being fined is bad for your mental health, like it's it's fucking money and you make millions of dollars like that like the, i think just putting that in just like kind of is a red flag that this is all about money well, well the, part of the part of the article was and steve said i forget the exact quote steve read it already but saying that like we have to put ben's mental health above business right and like the the hypocrisy of of rich paul in this case like in something that is clearly business driven Right. Uh, I don't think there's any question that, that that Rich Paul did not put that out to help Ben's mental health. Rich Rich Paul put that out to help clutch me money. And, and to like do do I think that the Sixers are putting Ben's mental health above money? No, I don't. But I also don't think clutches. And I think that you know neither of them are or ever will, to be quite honest. And to like blame one side or the of, of something that you're also doing is just like just pathetic and I, and it's just it's just the whole thing has gotten so ridiculous 
No, yeah. the, the sad thing is that like, if the number one thing was Ben's mental well-being, then they wouldn't be like dealing with this in the context of basketball at all. They would take him to LA or wherever he needs to be and like deal with this in the way it needs to be dealt with completely removed from any sort of NBA context. Like this has nothing to do with best. You know what I mean? Like anyway, so I wrote a piece after this um, advocating, basically saying this fucking sucks. I hate it. Everybody looks terrible. Like send him home. I've had enough. Like just fucking send him home, please. Um, Not exactly popular on the old website, <laughs> not exactly popular. Now, um, I understand that essentially I was advocating to do the John Wall thing and there's no chance Daryl will do that. There's zero. Now, if I had it to do over the, again, I would have and should have underlined in the article, there's zero chance he does this. Like this is me saying, I wish he would do this because like I've had enough of this and like we have done these stare down like try to strong arm him, rub his nose in it, hardo bullshit for long enough. Like, can we just look at the reality and be like, this is over. He's never gonna play competitive basketball for us again and move on. Um, but it's very clear that that's not gonna happen. So like very simply what happens now? Like, does anything change from here? What do you guys think, Emily? Um. I don't think anything changes, but in my perfect world, this is what I would want to happen. I would want Ben because I, I can see both sides of it. So I see where the Sixers are coming from basically with the fines. They're saying we have a right to know what you're telling me that mental health is what's keeping you off the basketball court. Therefore we have a right to know what your progress is with your mental health. Fine. So if Ben would agree to just say, these are the names of my people, they'll give you updates. That's what it is. I'm fine if the Sixers say, go get your help wherever you want, LA, here, whatever. We'll keep paying you. These are the updates that we need. I don't, but I don't know that, that, that Ben is giving them that information. And I think that is, I could be wrong. I don't know, but. I think that is like the bare minimum that he has to do to get paid. And if that is, and he does that, then I'm fine. Get him out, keep paying him, let him do just, it's honestly just like a thing to save to like say, not save face, but just like, like it's like lip service, but like, that's all the six or if that's all the Sixers one, like just fucking do it. Like the, I, his mental health professionals are probably going to say he's not ready to play basketball. Like, I don't, but like, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. But I think that's the bare minimum. And I would love if like Ben would just agree to do that. The Sixers would pay him. Ben could get his help and they can eventually trade him. That's like all I want. It would be like quiet. People would shut up. I could stop talking about this. That'd be lovely. Yeah. Just, just get to a place where like these reports stop, like, yeah, whatever that means, like this doesn't help anybody. Like, this this continued stuff like it doesn't help anybody like it can't there's no way this helps the trade market for Darren. like uh, he's not gonna play basketball so just shut the fuck up everybody like stop finding him because that's not gonna help he's not gonna play basketball like rich ball stop going on the record with these like like can we just call truce like help him in the ways you need to help him and like leave it alone because yeah it's just elongating this process and everybody looks worse on every report. But I do. Yeah. I do have to say though, if the Sixers from their standpoint, if they don't get anything from him, if they're just like, yeah, Ben run amok, do whatever you want. Don't tell us anything that I think doesn't look good for them to just like let him do whatever he wants. Precedent wise. That's what I'm saying. Like, just let him give you like very scant updates about what's happening and call it that. Like he doesn't need to go to film sessions. He doesn't need to practice. Right. Like, what do you care? He doesn't, he's never going to play for you again. What do you care if he's practicing? Right. Let him get worse. I don't care. Sure. 
But yeah. I think that there's no way they're going to just let him like go do whatever he wants and still pay him. And I get that from their perspective. I know it's like not a great look, but like you, that's just like not a thing that can happen. I don't. Yes. I so get, I'm just, no, like, just as, do an, the as an organization, you don't want to just like send him to LA and let him, you know, whatever. Make $30 million and not provide anything back to your organization. I get that. Dan, what happens from here? I think ideally, I would love if they would send him home. Um, and I don't think they will. I do think, and this is not just me being hopeful, uh, I really do think that he won't be here past the deadline. Um, you know, Daryl is ridiculous in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that's been proven by the fact that we're in this situation. Um, and, and, the, and it really like, and you know, you're going to hear everyone tell you about, because this is how things are. This is just how people are. Like you're going to hear people telling you how genius Daryl is and how he's handled this perfectly as, as nothing proves that as the trade market doesn't get better, as the situation doesn't get better, as still doesn't play as you know, the team looks like they could use, you know, a second player behind Joel more than ever, especially when he's inevitably missing time. As all of these things happen that I could have told you would happen a while ago, as the as the press around it gets uglier and uglier, um, and and here we are, and people are going to tell you that he's just brilliant for us being in this situation, and that we're so glad that we don't have a normal GM who would have not been in the situation. Um, I don't agree with that. I haven't agreed with that the whole way. I'll tell you I'm wrong. If we go land a star, I don't think we will. That said, um, I don't even think he's ridiculous enough to hold Ben past the deadline. Like the, the, the league does seem pretty open. I don't see why the Sixers couldn't win this year. I don't think they're the favorites, but I don't think there's anyone who's unbeatable. Um, and, you know, this is going to be, Joel's going to be 28 this year in the playoffs. Uh, he's a big man with a history of lower body injuries. I see no reason to waste another year of his prime. If the best player you can get is like CJ and Covington for Ben the first, and you get to the deadline and that's all that's there and you're bummed out about it, tough, but you do it. Because first of all, I've been saying all along, CJ is better than Ben. And most people won't agree with me. That's fine. You don't have to agree with me. I hope we can at least agree that CJ is better than no one or, you know, in most people's dream scenario, Ben comes back. He's not going to be, he's not going to be perfect. He doesn't want to be here. He's not going to be going all out. He thought he was timid last year. He thought he was passive last year. Wait until he's strong-armed into playing for a team he doesn't want to play for because they squeezed the hope out of a trade from him. So I think CJ McCollum is pretty clearly better than that player. And I just hope that we get to the point of the deadline where we make a trade and we're not wasting Joel's prime. Agreed. Um, finally, on a uh, Ben Simmons-related thing, uh, earlier in the week, Shams reported that the Boston Celtics checked in on good old Ben Simmons. Um, then the Sixers said, give us Jalen Brown. Celtics said, no, thank you. But it is worth talking about because things have not been great uh, with the Celtics. They had a players-only <laughs> players meeting that went poorly. Um, and there just has been a lot of shit going on over there. I love Jalen Brown. He's excellent. He gets better all the time and would just slot in so well <clears throat> on this team. And I would be just overjoyed to get him. I would imagine it's a pretty unanimous. We would love to have him here, uh, both on the podcast and on the team. Um, what do you guys think? Yes. Would you like him? Yes. From Emily, Dan, agree? How would you rank him? Dame, Dame Bradley Beal, uh, Jalen Brown, of people who will probably not be traded for Ben Simmons, but possibly as targets. I mean, I think it's clearly worse than those other two. Um, at least right now, he's very clearly worse. Um, he's a bit younger. Um, but Dame is not happening. Well, none of them are happening. I, I don't understand. Like, honestly, like if the Celtics get to a point where – you know, they feel like the locker room is not good. I could 
easily see them saying <laughs> the luck group's not good they go give us ben simmons he'll fix it <laughs> it'll you know, get better well if they're worried about fit i don't see how ben simmons is a fix for fit when we've seen he can't fit with his you know theoretical fit anyway. like regardless of all that this doesn't have to be about Ben. just like if you're if you're the locker room's not great right like how long have we had speculation that oh ben and b don't fit the locker room's like whatever right like the Sixers went every avenue they could to try to make it work. And the Celtics haven't gone through that much. I mean, the, I think that the idea that Kyrie was the issue was like, I think it had some validity to it. They played great after he was gone and um, they played great when the games he wasn't playing that year. Um, and I think, you know, this year, the I'm not saying that the, the two of them are like a perfect fit, but like they're really good wings in a league that is just desperate for really good wings. They're not going to get rid of either of them just for the hell of it, especially not for Ben Simmons, who's like Brown is clearly the worst of the two of them. And he's clearly better than Ben and, and just easier to build around. I could see them moving smart, especially after the comments that he made about how they don't pass the ball enough and whatever. I could see smart being the one to go. It's not, they're not going to trade. They're not going to trade Jalen Brown for Ben. That would just be, there's just no reason. Like, obviously I got my hopes up and like, I wasn't crushed when it, when I realized it wasn't going to happen, but it was just a fun thing. It was like, Oh, let's go get Jalen Brown. Of course. That'd be great. That'll solve our problems. But all the reports came out after that was a non-starter for the Celtics. Basically the Celtics hung up and like, of course they did because he's better. He's not holding out. And like the fan base loves him. I think he's, you know, somewhat of a glue guy on the team. Like, yeah, they're not trading him for Ben Simmons. Are you kidding? Like, of course they're not. Yeah, I think it'll probably happen. Emily? Do I think it'll happen? Probably, right? Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll probably, they'll probably need to throw someone in with him. So yeah, it'll probably be like Jason Tatum and, well, no, they don't get along. Uh, maybe the Time Lord. <laughs> we'll get the Time Lord and uh, Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons and maybe some picks. They can throw in some picks. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, um, Sixers assistant coach Dave Yeager um, has left the team. He's undergoing chemotherapy. He has head and neck cancer. Um, uh, Yeager told ESPN, we have caught it early. He's very lucky. He says he has over a 90% chance of a cure rate. It's very scary. Um, you know, thinking of him, hope that uh, he gets through this. Uh, obviously, very well-liked member of the team and all the guys were reaching out to him and, and uh, you know, wishing him a, a speedy recovery, certainly from, from us here on the pod, uh, Dave yep. Yeager. <laughs> so I wanted to say here, um, I went to Lower Marion High School. Um, uh, Kobe Bryant went there, uh, Jason Kelsey's wife, uh, uh, Kylie went there and I went there. And uh, those are the big three. And what a group! What a group! That you guys shared on a lunch table. We all have statues, and um, (laughs) and over the weekend, um, our uh, longtime principal—he was the principal for 14 years—died there. um, Sean Hughes. He was a really great guy. I just wanted to talk about him uh, quickly. Uh, He was. uh, Should I think about how to talk about him? so we did this thing called uh, Mr. Lord Marion. It was a, first it was a competition. I was in it. I was a contestant in it. Um, I, I didn't exactly win the competition. I'm still contesting the results, but I did not win. But he, he co-hosts the competition or he co-hosted the competition. And then after that, he asked me and one of my best friends, Aaron, to co-host it with him the subsequent year. And we like worked with him on doing like shtick and then a skit with him. And we did that. And it was a lot of fun. We got to know him really well. He had a great sense of humor and, and uh, he was a really great guy. And um, he let us one, day, one year for March Madness, he let us skip all of our classes and watch March Madness. He called all our teachers and uh, let us skip class and sit in the conference room and he ordered us pizza and, and soda. And we sat there uh, all day and watched March Madness. And it was great. And he he just sort of understood that 
we were not particularly academically inclined and he was okay with that. Like he sort of met us where we were at and he understood that. And, and uh, we felt, I think, very seen by him. And uh, yeah, as, as it went on, we got close with him. So we would go in and out. And if we got kicked out of class, we would go and hang out with him. And uh, we would play a game where if my buddy Aaron and I would be in, in his office and one of us would distract him and the other one would go to this big calendar that he had on his wall and write in big bold letters something horrible on his calendar, like on his to-do list. So it would like plan meeting or like have penis removed. And he would like have a meeting with like the superintendent. And then later in the week, tell us about how he found out about it. And um, he had a really great sense of humor. And uh, he was just a really, uh, great guy and I'm uh, incredibly sorry to hear that he passed away and uh, he was a good man and I'm uh, very sorry that he's gone and we lost touch um, since I graduated and I feel bad about that and uh, I'm sorry that he's gone and, and I loved Sean and uh, I'm thinking about him and his family and uh, yeah if, if four losses weren't enough then then that's even sadder for this podcast but uh, I love Sean and uh, thinking of him and his family. So we should predict the week of uh, games coming up. Should have planned this better and done the predictions and then that. But let's go ahead. This is like a Bill Simmons podcast transition. <laughs> a, a sad week in America plus and the 2005. 2005. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, all right, what do we have this week? Uh, Emily, can you update us on the standings while I get a towel? I can. It Great. was a rough week for me and Dan. Um, we both thought they would win. Oh, who thought that they would win all the games? Me, I think you did. Yeah, too. me and Dan. So tough week for oh, me wow. and Dan. Uh, we had them going 4-0, so me and Dan went 0-4. um steve you went one and three so it was really a rough week for everyone but mostly me and dan am i in first so yeah yeah so i am six and eight stop the count um the year uh dan is seven and seven and you are eight and six so it's still very close anyone's game but you have taken an early lead yes landslide okay so what an awful job we do when the Sixers don't win every game and we have to actually pick which ones they lose we're just screwed I know this week is gonna be tough um all right so this week the Sixers have three games it's this west coast road trip I think each of these games is at 10 o'clock which I really don't mind but mm, how many will I watch it's a good question <laughs> maybe one quarter it's of past each. my bedtime not gonna not gonna lie they play at Utah at Denver and at Portland. Um, Let's just see. Uh, These games will be on the 16th, 18th, and 20th. So I believe Joel could play in two, uh, more likely maybe one, um, and possibly zero. So have to predict them. What do we think? Uh, At Utah, at Denver, at Portland, um, West Coast trip. Uh, Dan, you go first. Yeah, based on when Joel may or may not play, I'm going to have to go one and two with a win in Portland. And, you know, normally I would hate to predict a couple losses, but there's no way I'm staying up for the end of these games because, like, I don't have it in me. That's way too late for me. So <laughs> I think I could tolerate it better. So I'll say one and two. They beat Portland. Emily. Okay. Um. So wait, Dan, you were saying loss to Utah and Denver, win against Portland, right? Correct. Okay, just confirming because my audio dropped out. Okay, I'm gonna say they beat the eternal optimist in me. I'm going to say they beat Denver and Portland and lose to Utah. Kids, I got news for you. 
is a three and zero week. Oh, <laughs> you're sick of being in first place, huh? <laughs> Get me back in the cellar where I belong. Is a three and zero week. They're beating those loser Utah Jazz motherfuckers. I... <sighs> Works for me. All right, kids. That's it. Um, adopt Roscoe, Muddy Paws. Um, oh. We love Roscoe, but you should adopt him. Um, subscribe to the Gastroenteritis Blues. Follow Gastro Blues Pod. Follow Third and Girl, Steve J. Lippman. Anything else? Uh, Drew, welcome back from uh, Denver, I believe. Yeah, Drew. Got to see a good back. win. Drew saw a good win. Yes, we'll talk about the Eagles and we'll talk about B-Ball Paul, I think, playing guitar. We, we, have, we have a lot to discuss. Retweet the Sixers tweet and maybe one million people will figure it out. So if, if, if everybody who listens to this podcast retweets it, we're good. Exactly. And, and if everybody who listens to this podcast retweets it and then gets like 500 friends to retweet it, <laughs> we should be in good shape. Then we're gravy. Then we're good. Yeah. All right. Be safe and be great. Goodbye. Oh, Dan was a pig Bye. the whole time, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we ever get a clip out, I, I have, we do it on Zoom and I've been a pig. It's Bingo. been very funny. I've all been a good time. It's like an M. Night Shyamalan uh, movie. <laughs>